0: Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS podcast, where Jonathan Denwood interviews the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Month in WordPress and Tech. It's episode 768. We've got some great guest panellists. Some of the regulars are swung off to Europe or wherever on their holidays. But I've managed to find some friends of the show that was prepared to join us. We've got some fabulous stories we're going to be talking about. Um, a recent interview from the co founder of WordPress, Matt Malweg, talking about AI, the robots. We're going to be talking about a great uh, podcast, No Mercy and Techno Narcissism. Um, we've got Seth Godin. What more could you ask, audience? It's going to be a, a great show. I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves, starting with the ladies. We've got Katie Keith, co founder and CEO of Barn2. So, Katie, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers?
1: Yep. Oh, hi, everyone. I'm Katie. Um, as Jonathan said, I'm from uh, Bantu Plugins. We sell um, WordPress plugins, mostly WooCommerce, although not exclusively. Um, we're a UK company, but we're based uh, all over the world, and I actually live in Spain now. So when we say we're a UK company, we're a global company, really.
0: I've yeah. uh, um, got a great friend of the show, a semi-regular over the years. We've got Brian Jackson of Forge Media, and now for great WordPress plugin shop. So, Brian, would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Brian Jackson, uh, co-founder of Forge Media. It's just a two-person little agency I run with my brother. Um, we have two plugins: uh, Perf Matters and NovaShare. Uh, one is a lot of it is focused on speed and performance. So we're basically waking up every day trying to speed up WordPress. That's what we're doing.
0: I've got my co-host, um, my regular co-host for the interview part of this show, got Kurt. Kurt, would you like to introduce yourself?
3: Absolutely, Jonathan. My name is Kurt, Kurt Von Annen. Uh, I own an agency called Manana No Mas, where we do business consultancy and assist people with WordPress projects like e-learning and membership sites.
0: I've got another co-host on my other podcast, the Membership Machine Show, which is rapidly growing. I like to say. Um, getting great numbers now. Spencer
4: Forum, would you like to introduce yourself? I think we're in episode 927 of that show. It feels
0: like it. It's like cat years, actually. 30 episodes feel like 90.
4: That's about the it. It's Spence from WPLaunchify.com or now available on all social media. At SpencerForman.com or SpencerForman. And I, I'm very happy to finally meet Katie because I was communicating, I'm watching Katie's posts on Twitter as she goes through the journey of trying to find somebody to help them with their pr- expansion and marketing. And I enjoy her posts greatly because uh, I, I am uh, an outlier of opinion, as uh, many who follow the show now and otherwise. So I enjoy watching somebody go through the process and see what they think about it. So
0: yeah. Right. I've been told, Spencer, that it, I've been told by a few people people only listen to our show for the bickering between the two of us, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's not where you come for mainstream opinion, but a lot of entertainment between the cracks. Maybe not as much on this show anymore, but we'll see. But on the yeah. other shows for sure.
0: All right. Before we go into the main part of this great show, I've got a couple messages from our major sponsors. We will be back in a few moments, folks
4: are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging sensei lms by automatic is the original wordpress solution for creating and selling online courses sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any wordpress page or post for example interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes lead generation forms surveys and more for a 20 percent off discount for the tribe just use the code wptonic all one word when checking out and give sensei a try today
0: Hi there folks, it's Jonathan Denwood here and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors and that's Zolo.com. If you've got a WordPress website, a membership website and you're looking to link it with a great financial management package, Zolo can provide this solution. So all your bookkeeping needs are done through Zolo. If you need new inbox email functionality and you don't want to, pay the high charges that Google will charge you. Zolo offers a great email inbox platform. They've got over 50 apps and services that all integrate fantastic with wordpress at great value levels and they almost always offer a fully functioning free product as well so it's just amazing value also if you're a wordpress developer or agency owner Zolo are looking for great partnerships in the WordPress space. To get all this information, all you have to do, folks, is just go over to zolo.com and they have the products that you're looking for. Thank you so much, Zolo, for supporting WP Tonic and the Machine Membership Shows. It's much appreciated. We're coming back, folks. Just want to point out, I've got some great special deals from the sponsors. Plus, I've got a curated list of the best WordPress plugins that can help you build out your websites for clients or for yourself. So you don't have to trawl the internet and spend about five days trying to find the best solutions. The, where you can find this, go to the WP tonic slash deals. Go to WP tonic slash deals, and you find all the goodies. There, folks, what more could you ask for? Maybe more, but you're not going to get it. Uh, maybe, um, so, maybe a kickback. <laughs> I don't know. Um, don't, it's very, little, it's little, it's about, very yes. little that you get from this world, that's for sure. So um, I had a great interview um, with the co-founder of WordPress, egg talking about all things Gutenberg, AI, revolution so um Katie what did you think of this interview
1: yeah I thought it was really interesting um I saw a bit of that kind of talk as well at his keynote um Q&A at uh, WordCamp Europe and I really like his positive attitude to AI he kind of sees it as an opportunity and seems to have thought quite deeply about it and there was a lot of good analogies in it things like um inventions of like when when photos were invented and cameras that people were saying like art isn't needed anymore and he drew an analogy between that and AI which I thought was interesting that we still need real people to do things it's different it has a a new additional purpose in our society and our work it doesn't mean that people are obsolete or anything so I thought he had some interesting insights
0: yeah, All right, uh, Brian. What did you What did you think of it, Brian?
2: Um, yeah, no, I thought it was interesting. I think I liked his main point about just playing with it for right now is what he was talking about, and that's kind of what I've been doing. Uh, because as a most of my career, I've been a content producer. Yeah. Um, now I'm more kind of on the development side, but as a content producer, AI is a little scary, in my opinion. Um, Because I mean, you can literally just, I have actually barred Google barred pinned to my Mac doc right now. Like I can open it in 10 seconds and ask it anything I want. And literally, like I can say, like, spit out a 5,000 word article about how to install a WordPress plugin and boom, I have it. Like, so that's scary in terms of, uh, content production, but... Oh, I hope you read it before you post it. I, no, no, I yeah, there's, there,
0: riddled with errors.
2: there's definitely I mean, a lot of problems. So, right. But we're just in the first iteration of all this stuff. So like, <laughs> there's bound to be hordes of problems. Um, but recently, I've kind of turned to positive, kind of like um, Matt's approach, as in I've just been integrating it into my daily workflow and like slowly finding more and more things where um, it can save me time. like. The other day I needed to create a chart for someone and I literally just asked Google bar, like, create a chart, um, for the last 20 years, like, and give me the numbers per each year. Yeah. And it just spit out a, a chart. And now I have this little export to Google Sheets option. So I went from nothing to a bar chart in Google Sheets in like 10 seconds. Yeah. Um. Like that before, I mean, even while I was working at Kinsta, like it would take me a while to make charts before. Um, and now you can just do it willy-nilly. So that stuff I find is actually really cool um, yeah. as a marketer. Um, but again, I think, I think the whole content game is going to be changed forever, unfortunately. You're
0: an expert bad. on this. So um, how do you got any thoughts about how Google will handle this um one one way i thought is that they're they're gonna really obviously they've been utilizing this technology for a few years in actually in them scraping or spidering websites anyway and um i think they're going to utilize signals which kind of given the signal that this is content from a real they're going to prioritize content that has a human element to it either audio um, obviously that can be made now by AI but group content any kind of content that has engagement or it seems obvious is established podcast established YouTube channel anything that gives an indication that a real person made it um, um, they're going to Um, give that more um, relevance. That's how I see is one of the ways they're going to handle this. What do you think, Brian?
2: No, I agree. And I think it's more important than ever to establish your own like persona on your stuff that you're making, because that's something people will still come back to follow, regardless of if you're going to show up in Google or not. So like, I mean, Twitter profiles, Substack, your YouTube channel, like those are good examples of, Ways to diversify to maybe get people still coming to your content. Whereas I think search engine optimization, though, is uh, drastically going to change. And I don't think people realize, some people from what conversations I've seen, I I don't actually think they realize what's coming even yet. Um, But as far as content go, personally, I'm still focused on like the really niche stuff that like no robot knows what I'm doing every day. (laughs) I'm so far down in the weeds and WordPress that. People are still going to try to find that content. And so I'm just focused on that stuff right now when I'm publishing instead of the more broad general stuff. Because that's the stuff that AI can just whip out willy-nilly. So um I think focus on as niche as you can go now nowadays is what I'm
0: focused on. Yeah. So Spencer, in some ways, I thought it was a archetypal, typical interview with the great leader. Um what what, what was your feelings about
4: it? I mean, first of all, I have said this before, like I love that Jamie is really pushing a specific, uh, easy to understand niche of content, right? So he has taken up the banner of the full site editor, and he and I are on opposite sides of the fence. But in this case, he's also, you know, scored himself a conversation with Matt. The content itself was fine, but without repeating what everyone has said here, which I agree, the problem is that I I don't criticize Matt for having an obligation to be more specific, but I criticize his lack of top-down leadership about the way that the development of WordPress and the feature sets are unfolding. And that relates to, for example, the full site editor. That relates to things like yesterday, there was a post that I had to comment on in the tavern about like, they're just deciding to turn... <laughs> like blocks into patterns and patterns into a new name. And they're just, the difficulty stems from the fact that the development cycle of WordPress has always been a small community of people who are facing consumers, who are delivering products, who are hands-on in the field selling stuff. And now I think because of the developmental need to be a React developer and expertise, the people who are making fundamental changes are doing it without any, Interaction at all in a meaningful way with the people who use the tools to build for themselves or build for clients. And so the things that they're doing now, and I'm not criticizing the developers because I'm in GitHub talking to them. It's like they're completely detached, just like in a normal big corporation. The developers live in one world. The C suite people live in another and the middle managers live in another. And in a normal corporation, there's a profit motive and a, and a, a way to proof out what happens. In WordPress, it's just, what the hell? Let's just change some core stuff randomly and, and see what the hell, even down to naming conventions. So when he starts going off on this conversation about AI and how he's going to plug it into this and plug it into that, and it's you know full-site Jet, jetpack, Drupal, <laughs> Jetpack and Drupal and Jetpack and this and that, and I'm like, who's steering the goddamn ship of this entire thing? Because... This isn't the conversation we need now. We need like, can we have a committee that's published in public, not through GitHub or something else, where those of us who make our livelihood selling plugins as we do, talking as an agency as we do, building our own solution, have an actual voice in the fact that you're randomly willy-nilly trying to throw stuff in. AI, for a Gen Xer like me, is exciting. But you know what? I literally was on the phone call with one of my bigger clients with this morning saying, a certain age group, 40 plus, okay, can they use AI? Sure. Do they want to use AI on their own? No. What they want now is a human being to be the curator, the concierge, the liaison between all of the new things that are coming because it's iterating <clears throat> so fast. they have no desire to jump on that train of like, I got to learn 8 million things that change every day. So when I hear conversations, I agree with the philosophy that like, it is not to be feared, but the new opportunities for all of us are going to be to build personal relationship type businesses, whether through our software or our agency, because the customers, at least the Gen X age and older who will want that is enormous. They can't right. keep up with the pace of all the, the tweaking and the technology. And I think that's where it applies to WordPress. Two columns. Those that want to tinker, those that want solutions. And Jamie, I love him to death, is in the tinkerer mode. And I'm in the column of the solutions mode. And I even related this to Katie when I was tweeting with her. All my customers come to me like, WordPress is a mess. Why can't you be like Wix or Weebly or Squarespace or just give me the features ready to use? Instead of a flea market of fifty four thousand things, with by the way, they're changing the name of the interface while we go. Yeah, well, it's got to be
0: done. It's got to be done. So, Kurt, my beloved co-host, can you imagine me
3: interviewing Matt? How do you think that that would go? (laughs) He wouldn't give you the interview. it, It would go because as soon as the interview started, and I was watching it, I thought, well, Matt's bringing his his cadence and his tone to to the interview like he should he should trademark the way that he speaks like it it, there's just you it's very recognizable what do you mean Um, that said i was i was horribly disappointed in the interview um it's cool to see matt talk it's cool to see him you know address things but when i compare it to the stuff that you and i have talked about on podcast jonathan about ai or i've heard spencer talk about it you know he compared it as a as an invention, like glasses to contact lenses, you know, the camera thing. And and I was like, okay, cool. You know, we've we've all talked about that, but give me some specifics, man, drill down about how this is really going to affect society or business. And I didn't get that insight. I didn't get an insight that was any better than what we've discussed in our own circles. And I'm expecting more because he's at that higher circle, you know? And so I was looking for more meat and, and I just didn't see it. It was cool to see from from Matt, but I just didn't get the content that I wanted.
0: It seemed a little bit tired. at uh, the interview. It, every, interviews go have, normally have ups and downs, but they certain each interview I've done enough of them. They have a certain tone to them um, depending on the blend between the interviewer and the interviewee. I just found it was a bit flat. Uh, a lot of that flatness, obviously Jamie was a bit nervous, Um as you do when you have a big guest come on the show.
4: Um, but um, Matt came across a bit flat, actually. It- we, we should collect a bounty to see, like, a, a over under, whether we could get Matt Mullenweg on, on either of our shows. Because the distinction is, I was... At he, same would ever, he would I, never do it. Yeah, I, he would my, ever do it. My back surgeries prevented me from going to Europe. I had the ticket. I gave it away to a nice person who asked for it. I couldn't go there, but never yet have I once seen him address anybody in any of the word camps or in public that's in a confrontational way, answering correctly like a normal human being would. Because Kurt's correct. There are two ways. I remember the days I was here in 2006 and seven and eight with all the initial drama where the real Matt Mullenweg was there, the one that was like slashing and burning with machete whenever anybody disagreed with them or went against the philosophy of open source. And now we've got the, oh, that's an interesting philosophy. Let's think about that. Yeah, we'll take it to a committee and blah, 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 and big picture. And the problem with that is that there's a team of people below him who have no direction. Love or hated a CEO like a crazy person, like an Elon Musk, who's disappointing to me. But at least you understand how crazy he is. To be disingenuous in public versus, let's say, a Mark Benioff who is really clear, or a previously living Steve Jobs. At least you know where they stand. And for the rest of us, we've been left to our own devices for this gigantic financial opportunity.
0: um, I think I I think Katie would understand this. It wouldn't be aggressive. Obviously, I I was brought up by the BBC um, in. the um, when you're interviewing uh, somebody in English culture, it, it can be the questions asked can be a little bit more penetrating, can't they, Katie? A yeah, because I like, think
1: American media is very different, isn't it, to the British media and journalism and all yeah, of that. But yeah, I think Matt chooses his interviewers carefully these yeah. days, he's clearly been on some sort of media training and. Yeah. He comes across as a politician that you wouldn't necessarily trust. Um, So, yeah, there is that. Um, But it's interesting to see his insights. And I don't really mind that he didn't have so much content because he's meant to be focusing on other stuff like um, the implementation of all the many Gutenberg phases and all of that. Do we want him to be distracted by very clear plans of putting AI into WordPress core or something? Or is that plug-in territory, as he would say?
0: Yeah, that's great. All right. On to the next one. Um, from one of my favorite, um, gurus and I li- regularly listen to his podcasts, podcasts. And that's Professor G, Professor Galloway. And he did a fabulous, I thought, a fabulous write up. Which um called techno narcissism, I think it slightly applies to the previous topic we were discussing. I thought there was some linkage um, <laughs> here in my dyslexic m- how my dyslexic mind works um I saw definite connections between these two stories, so Spencer, could you see a connection why I saw a connection and what did you think of this of this great p- podcast um um techno narcissism.
4: I mean, you and I discuss all the time because we have the benefit of hindsight. I mean, I think it could be you or I. I'm not sure who's the oldest one on this panel by a long shot, but you know, what happens with a uh, right? I'm 56. I don't mind saying it. I'm not going to ask anybody else. I'm way older than same. you. We're the same. We're 56. Oh, you look like 42, so I give you that. <laughs> Jonathan, we know is 85, but that <laughs> we, we don't rub that. <laughs> I feel 85. I feel 85 some days. Yeah. Once you've been around the sun a few times, you start to see patterns in behavior, right? So I think like the cycle from 1968 to 2023 is a fair, there's a lot of parallels. But the point I'm getting at is from this article is that we're faced with a revolutionary change in the way things might go. But it's still, as we just talked about, has to filter through the human aspect of things. And in some cases, the promise of a new technology that concerns people can actually turn out to be like a dud, like a firecracker that goes off. They're neutering the hell out of AI as we speak. That might be one of the ways that it kind of slows the train down or doesn't reach mainstream. But even if it goes the other way, I'll use oil, peak oil. Sometimes all the pundits and all the best known minds in the world think things are going to go a certain way based upon the facts you have at the moment from previous Behavior. But then something changes fundamentally the entire equation and it makes all the pundits and predictions unfair. Like they said peak oil because they thought all the oil was available only from these traditional drilling wells and they didn't anticipate fracking, which then suddenly meant that we had more oil and natural gas than we could possibly burn without choking to death. And so now the problem is shifted to. Well,
0: if you're in Texas at the present moment, you're going to. Well, or the the ozone
4: hole, which famously. Caused alarm and finally got people off their duffs. And they solved it in the sense like there was like the hole closed in about 10 years enough because they said, okay, let's all agree not to use CFCs.
0: Look at it's Brian. Like, hey. If he, he left his apartment now, well, what I'm outside, saying, he would die. He
4: would die. What I'm saying is right away. now, <laughs> right now, they're threatening two choices. They're threatening Terminator scenario, or we're all going to be out of work because it's going to take over. And I'm like, I don't think it's that binary because, you know, what if theoretically the UFO disclosure guy turns out to be right and it turns out that there's technologies all in front of us that they suddenly decide to share with us. And it, it, so I worry about today, tomorrow, and the next day because when a client this morning said, my business plan for two years, I'm like, two years? Like Let's worry about two weeks from now. And I think for everybody, that's a good <laughs> two, way to approach it. Two years. <laughs> I mean, seriously, who can predict two weeks from now? With Look at what's in the news as of the last month. I mean, really? Like, can anybody predict what's coming? Is a lot of change. But, by the way, historically, in human history, that is the recipe for good things coming. Not without maybe turmoil and pain, but that storm comes through, shakes up the snow globe, and then on the other side of things, things can actually be better. Right. Could be worse, but could be better.
0: So, Katie, um, I've just thought it was an excellent piece. He kind of really hit on the nail a number of different things that I've been thinking about myself. Um, The extreme, you know, Terminators coming or um it's just going to improve. It. The, the middle ground is probably with the truth, but it's also – that technology and those that run it don't want the real discussion. And that real discussion is who gets to share the improvements, the economic improvements that technology can offer. And they literally, um, I've seen it, I live close to Silicon Valley, a couple hundred miles. And I've gone to a few conferences and there's definitely the in crowd. And he just seemed to hit, a load of things that over the months I've been thinking. Did it have that similar effect to you?
1: Yeah, I thought it covered a lot of really sensible points, Um, kind of sensible and moderated, but also cautiously optimistic. Um, I thought it was an interesting point that I often think about when watching the news and things about various technological topics that the regulation is always behind technology and a lot of people are panicking and saying oh AI it's going to be the end of the world and this article was a bit more saying we just need to do the regulation it's not an inherent problem but we need to regulate and control it because this is a new thing and those the laws aren't applicable and so on which I think applies when lots of new things um, come in that the the legislators have to play catch up and, and they're always slower than the technologists of course. But one point it made that I thought was interesting was it made the point that just because we have a technology that could be dangerous doesn't mean the world's going to end. For example I mean we might still all die of nukes but it made the point that there hasn't been a major nuclear incident for 80 years and Similarly, just because AI, could oh, there's no,
0: there's no threat there with uh, Putin the impaler, just yeah. one second away from the button, is there? There's no, there's no risk that we're going to get blown up. I'm just having i I'm just. Yeah, a, I'm just yeah someone a could
1: read that article in two weeks if they're here to read it and say, "Well, how wrong that was, eighty years, you know," and then it happened. But the point it made was that that's a long time, and that. Even if a technology can be dangerous, it doesn't have to spell disaster if managed correctly. And um, nukes are a good example. They're they're probably not managed that well, and people still know when to stop. Um, But the other point it made that I thought was interesting was about what people are using it for. And one thing that gets me is people don't seem to get that it's most of it is currently a language prediction model. And if people just understood that, they'd stop Using it for factual information, for example. That's not what it is.
0: Well, it, it's really impressive and it's impressive, but in the same way isn't it isn't impressive, Katie, because it isn't it isn't artificial intelligence. It's just a language. Processing engine, a highly sophisticated one that gets good results, but it it can't work anything out or think or, or We don't even know what thinking really is. The, mm. the, the um, study that I've done in the subject, they don't. We don't have even a clear uh, biological model. Um, so you know, the idea that this this obvious breakthrough of usability leads to the conclusion that you've got real progress in artificial intelligence. I don't know enough about it, but I don't see it being that linked. Am I on the right track there, Katie? Yeah,
1: well, what is intelligence? Um, you know, there is all that. It's Everything's a computer algorithm. And yeah, it's got the whole machine learning thing. There's always a step a bit further towards that. But I think AI is a bit of a kind of a buzzword, obviously, and everybody wants to label everything AI, like the most basic features. In I'm going to have a
0: tattoo on my forehead, actually. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like We've released an AI feature. And Come it's like,
0: on, panel. That was yeah. a good one, panel. Uh, but there you go. Uh, sorry, Katie. I um, need K- the AI to tell me that was a joke. All right. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Kurt. What what did you think? What were some of the highlights? Did you think it, I thought it was a fabulous piece. uh, What was your reaction?
3: I am not a consistent listener of this uh, podcast or creator. And what I found interesting was he was incredibly um, snarky, but I loved his use of language and his metaphors and the colorful nature that he brought to it. So it was definitely entertaining. Um, I also like a couple of his quotes a lot. And then at the at, you know when he talked about the sleight of hand of technologists is to pass on the the guilt of of like their crimes to the next generation like no we're building something it's really cool don't worry about it and then a generation later it's a disaster right and like that wasn't our fault you guys messed it up um, and we can see that kind of coming to life now with a lot of social media ills and stuff that we have in society so I can see where that. Came from it was very insightful. And then his last quote at the end that I really liked was when he just said, We need more perp walks, you know, because it's like things go horribly wrong. And we have this habit now of just shaming people or calling them out or whatever you want to, whatever kind of committee or hearing we see. But there's no accountability and there's no. Everyone just collects their dollars and goes away with, you know, with their little dunce cap on for a month or so and you're then they banned
0: for you're Something banned else. from you're banned for life by the Twitter committee. There we could go. Be, the Twitter be. keyboard warriors. So so righteous in their anger. Uh, um, so eager to kick away, aren't they, and do fuck all with their own lives. Um so Brian, uh, um, I, some of the things that um, hit me, uh, Brian, is um, that some of these people, like Elon Musk and some of the leaders, they they kind of they see themselves as kind of quasar gods, you know, the, the hubris of the highest order, combined with uh, attempt to bullshit the rest of society, so they don't really see. Um, also, um, there were a couple of the key things: uh, total um, hubris about their own abilities and their own and uh, belief. Uh, also, kind of turning technology into a kind of quasar religion. Was, was they some of the things that you were getting it from it from it, Brian?
2: No, actually, my my main thought after reading this was Elon Musk was my main thought. 'Cause they mentioned
0: uh, oh, I'm sorry mentioned, about I'm sorry about that. I'll deal with that.
2: They mentioned <laughs> he mentioned like uh, thinking they're gods or I think he even mentioned like Jesus Christ in here or something. And um, whenever um, I've always been a person that thinks like like the words you say matter, whether it's offline or online. And Elon Musk is just one of those people that I don't think he, he doesn't care what he says or who he says it to. And I just have a huge problem with that um, because the reach he has, especially with younger people, like people are just influenced so easily these days with social media and mainstream media that, like, he has, I, I've just lost almost all respect I've had for him as an actual intelligent person. Because um, I think, like, Tesla, SpaceX, he's a brilliant person as far as like, technology goes. I, I don't think anyone could argue against that. Um, but as far as like how he behaves, I I don't know. It's hard to like respect someone at the same time when they're on both sides. I mean, I would say in my, I don't want to get political, but Trump is kind of the same way for me. Um, like the words you say matter and it's just once you stop, I don't have any respect for people that don't think that way, I guess is what I'm saying. And so that's kind of what I got from this with the tech leaders that just say whatever they want, don't give a care, think they're going to save the world. and maybe they will help save the world. Um, but it doesn't mean I have to like how they're going about it, you know. Uh, well, I think you public. learn
0: I've learned the hard way because I'm the worst of the worst uh, for this. But I, I do, um, I tend not to send off an email straight or away. I tend not to... S- go on Slack and message somebody straight away when I feel like, especially when I get that urge to send it straight away. And wasn't there, I'm not sure if it was Jefferson, wasn't there somebody in the American that said you should count to 30 before you open your mouth? (laughs) I think to give you (laughs) you a few seconds to, do you want to say that? Um, So I do agree with you there. Uh, right. But it's
2: it's one thing for you and then one thing for him with the amount of reach he has compared to anyone here. Like, he, he knows the influence he has, and yet he still, you know, flaunts it all over. And so that's the problem I have with it. Is just well, they,
0: you know, I used to listen to another podcast which... Um... Some of the um, presenters have uh, personal friends of Elon, um, the All In podcast. I can't listen to it anymore because it's become so politicised that I can't listen to it. I was prepared to listen when it was a bit about politics and about um, online and business, but now it's just become a um a mouthpiece for but um they all have that kind of attitude because they're all pretty wealthy and they don't they don't care really do they but there we go
2: yeah um on i the, agree with dig on i i agree with what katie was saying too as far as like the language model thing i i think people uh like i don't think ai is going to become i robot here and take over yeah. the world as robots um which i think some people are thinking it's actually going to happen soon um but uh, I well, view it's I, much I, much
0: worse than that, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, and I view it more right now as like just a big scraper of the internet. That's kind of how I view it at the, at the moment.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's clearly. I don't think it's even clearly worked out that it's going to replace traditional search. It, in some, in some elements, search is obviously is it is in some ways. I just don't think it's totally clear how all this is going to pan out really, Brian. Do you think I'm right about that?
2: No, I agree with, I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone can predict what's going to happen with this, just especially based on how AI kind of works. Because the
0: reason I say that, Brian, there was a big thing, that audio, you know, with the ladies that Spencer has in his house. Spencer's has a number of, girlfriends that listen to every command you're silent actually spencer i have Um, to be because they'll hear me they hear (laughs) he's ladies but uh, i understand the actual usage of the ladies is going down it it never took off as it was going to be the big replacement to normal search wasn't it brian at one stage the ladies but it never quite panned out did it brian
2: no, that's true. And it might be the same with I don't know if anyone follows Mid Journey, which is like the AI image generator. But if you've looked at that from just two year span, it's gone from doing like quasi-moto photos to literally pristine, you almost can't tell the difference from reality photos. And so that's I'm I'm actually worried about that five years from now because of the progression for that has just been insane. That's even crazier than like the word content stuff. And so yeah. I mean the deep fakes from that, as far as politicians go, social media, like that is going to be a nightmare going forward. I think, and so when people find stuff they can abuse, like it will be abused. So it that the image stuff has me scared more actually than like kind of like the content side of it.
4: You know, we we I'll add on to that because like Mid Journey, I was actually discussing this morning as well because they've shown like how it knows you can pull back and it just generates oh, the yeah, full background absolutely. of whatever it had made before. And it went from like Carnival Funhouse to photorealistic. but Like without being a Luddite, with any technology, what happens historically is that the fear gets replaced by people who recognize it for what it is and choose to ignore it or use something else. So, for example, any of us who have school-age children still, I have 22, 19, and 12. My 12-year-old has not been taught how to write in cursive. (laughs) They don't. Teach him any penmanship at all. My 22 year old is where they stopped doing it. And when he signs a check, which by the way, what's a check? It looks like a ransom note. But the 12 year old literally does not know how to write in cursive. So if I were to present him... What's cursive? I don't even know what that is. Well, like if I presented him stuff that we all grew up with it was written in longhand... Joined up long handwriting. Hair. I could never
0: do that as a dyslexic anyway, Katie. Okay, but
4: like, but just... Okay, so Why do you think I've got into
0: technology, Katie? So I've got a keyboard in front of me.
4: It's not part of his experience. And if he saw it, he ignores it. Okay, so what we're at is this cusp of a transition, but... When you talk about things like fake images, fake video, fake whatever, we all grew up in an area where. Yeah. yeah, he's in Chicago,
0: the major city of America. Folks, he's frozen. It's so amusing as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a screenshot of that. That's, that's really quite good. He needs some of that um, Biden broadband money. He does, doesn't he? So listeners, at that, I think we're gonna go for our break and give a few moments for Spencer to pay his internet bill. Uh
4: um, and we will be back in a few moments, folks. <laughs> Hey, it's Ben's from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with LaunchFlows. Get your copy today. This podcast episode is brought to you by Lifter LMS, the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, training-based membership website, or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to LifterLMS.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code PODCAST20. That's PODCAST20. Enjoy the rest of your show.
0: We're coming back, folks. Spencer's hopefully going to rejoin us. Um, I just want to point out that if you're looking for a great WordPress hosting partner. Why don't you look at WP Tonic? We specialize in membership, community websites. We work with a number of WordPress professionals. Um, we love to help you. And we've got a special partners um, um, offering for you specifically. And you can find out by going over to WP Tonic slash partners. WP slash partners and we love you for us to help you with your next community or membership project hopefully Spencer will join us, never know do you Um, let's go on to something more WordPress-y y thought our um our discussion for the break was really great and um, reusable blocks rename patterns with who thinks of these titles in the tavern they're getting bloody worse aren't they obviously Brian did write this you never wrote in titles like this did you Brian <laughs> they don't certainly come off the tongue do they so Brian what did you think of this of know, block, where blocks are going, patterns, and where Gutenberg is going, with full-site editing. Only small questions, Brian, but I know you're up to it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I've never used a pattern yet. Um, you,
0: don't uh, I, you, know, you don't know what you're missing. You don't know what you're
2: missing. I, I don't, yet. and so I had to read the article to even understand what it was talking about. Um, was, it well like, I used, was it well I use a lot of... I use a lot of blocks, but i've never done I've never dove into the full site editing stuff yet with the patterns and stuff. Um, but I agree with what Spencer was saying earlier about this. This is just beyond confusing, like for a normal person, like I was confused reading it, and I have used WordPress since two thousand eight, so I was like, if I'm having trouble with this, like how is a new person starting a website supposed to even grasp this stuff like i so like i agree I totally agree with what Spencer was saying. The approach for distributing some of this is just needs to be rethought, I think, because and I don't know how you do that. I mean, I, I do. Um, Spencer was saying like he's chatting with the developers in there, and I go in there too, and I see what they're talking about in the comments, and I sometimes comment on there as well, but. Um, it's I don't know what the answer to this is but like it seems to be getting more and more confusing. Um I think I think, think, blocks, I,
0: think it, I think it's called cadence wp actually. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, agree,
2: I agree that's why I use generate press um cuz I don't have time to deal with all of this stuff. I'm like I'm focused on building plugins ironically and not this stuff. So it's I just don't know what a normal person how they're supposed to grasp and like Spencer was also saying is um a lot of our business is based on um, support like someone wants help from a real human being and like i don't see how any normal person would get around this without help from someone else which i would hate to see that's how wordpress has evolved to where you literally have to hire someone to even know how to build a website like the whole cool thing about wordpress 5 years ago was it was much easier to to build a site in my opinion i think blocks are the direction we should go um as a designer i actually think blocks are good but like some of the stuff that's gone around outside of the blocks is just is so disorganized in my opinion
0: well come spencers come back there you go
4: you know we need to fear we need to fear that the infrastructure of chicago was built when alexander Graham bell was around and a 72 degree day causes a transformer to
2: shut up that's
4: what we need to fear
0: Oh, I don't know, it's crazy, isn't it? So, Katie, um, isn't this the contradiction? Because you can see all the possibilities, the power, the improvement. I'm, I've am i been labelled as a hate of Gutenberg, but it's totally unfair. Like most things, Katie, I, I, I really want the best for Gutenberg, because I can see it. But I also agree with Brian. You know, um, we're in a situation, something that should was sold as making things easier, I think in the way it's made things a lot more confusing for end users. Mm. Um, it's a bit of a contradiction. Do mm. any insights on how we got here and how the situation might improve
1: Yeah, absolutely. The the purpose of the project was to create a user-friendly builder so that anybody can create a website with complex layouts. Because while Brian says it was easier five years ago, if you just use WordPress without a page builder or something, you couldn't create like multi-column type layouts, could you? So the goal of the project was to bring that kind of drag and drop builder experience like we have in things like Wix um, to WordPress. But I agree with Brian that it's not user-friendly. It's not, I mean, I, I don't even like, the basic block editor, I just find it so unintuitive. And I've used lots of different page builders like Fusion 1 and even old ones like Visual Composer and Elementor, whatever. And they're all easier to use. I don't see why they had to reinvent the wheel. And this whole new pattern widget, whatever thing, that's replacing widgets, block pattern.
0: i got to laugh, you? You're still so English. I love your terminology, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> I
3: love, too.
1: I love you What's happened to a template? It sounds like a template to me, and a, a non WordPress user coming in will know what a template is. that's your reusable content. And fine, put a checkbox on it that allows it to be fixed or only editable centrally which is what this article essentially is about that makes sense but they just seem to have made it not thought about the user and one good example is my dad um who he's he's created a few websites i did a wordpress one when we were at web design agency for a choir that he works for. And um, he hates it so much that actually uses Visual Composer, but he just cannot understand it. And then he went and created his own website for a... um, classic car club that he worked for no it was a church of a church website and he used one-on-one internet do they still exist one-on-ones internet's free website builder and he thought it was amazing and he said this is what wordpress should be and i don't think yeah
0: but the frustrating thing is um, there's two factors there my comment on what you just said katie which i thought was very insightful is that it's trying to appeal to two very different um, groups. It's trying to the professional WordPress crowd and the end user, the just the you know people like your dad, you know. Um, it's not impossible, but it needed a lot more thought. You could have a cut-down version that could appeal to your dad and a more advanced version that could appeal um, to the WordPress professional crowd. But at the present moment, you're... You're trying, you're trying to make a kind of quasar professional tool, and you're just pushing it on to people like your dad, and expecting them to deal with it, and they're not dealing with it very well. Do you think I'm on something there, Katie?
1: yeah and this is just this article is just one tiny example symptom of that wider problem really which is why we've kind of expanded the discussion I suppose into that more generally but it's funny because the party line is that we're meant to love Gutenberg and as you said a minute ago um, you want it to succeed Um, well of course we do because we're in WordPress and we want WordPress to justify its market share continue growing it because we all win from that but I don't think they've really got there yet with the usability. And
0: um, there's absolutely no point in talking to the automatic crowd because they're all lovely people. But it's all—it's almost like they're all gone to the same PR lesson and oh, all yes. on the same script. And you're not going to get any sense out of them. They're like—they're like PR robots, aren't they? It's all sunshine. It's, we're all going to march on, and it's all going to be great, isn't it? So you just give up, basically, because you're not. Yeah, gonna and on it. Twitter, you can't
1: criticize Gutenberg. That doesn't go well.
0: No, no, but there you go. So Spencer, what did you think of this? Of this,
4: right? Like that. I, I love what Katie says, and you know, using her metaphor. You know, I always said like with my mom with the remote control of the television. Right? I grew up in the area of five thousand buttons, but now we've got a simple Roku remote control. It has four buttons on it. Even then, my mom holds it with her hand in the front to block the IR, and I'm like. Don't. That's how it works. So, if well, I you, do that. <laughs> that's when you're being spoon fed by your helper. Um, mm. If we start with the premise of what's wrong with WordPress, that's Kirk.
0: Kirk's actually the, uh, does that. For me.
4: Uh, the origin of the problem is where you took a metaphor that had existed for all those years. And Gutenberg itself was foisted on us. Now, I was a vocal critic of it, of course, for three years. But now we're at the stage where I accept that Gutenberg, when you pick a vertical of stuff, has the features you need. My argument with all the things that are happening now is that the changes that are being made are being made in a secret society of developers who are on themselves not doing malicious things. They have no F and idea what the They're
0: all free by reckon they're all free by they have
4: no idea what people are using it for. They don't, second of all, again, for those of us who make components, they have no care or concern for the legacy of plugins and themes and solutions that have been built with the tools to date. So they're ripping things out and breaking things. But the the final straw, which goes back to the first story about where Matt Mullenweg's time should be spent. While I agree with Katie's premise, maybe he shouldn't be focused on micromanaging it. He needs to have the roadmap in his pocket that says, (coughs) "Don't don't make changes where you call a garbage can a bin and where you call a bus a lorry or where you you know move the steering wheel from the left side of the car to the right side of the car because even though british and americans have a lot of similarities that's going to freak people out and and cause very bad things to happen just by changing the names of things let alone the functionality you've got customers and clients and plugins and things like and yet they're doing this live on the fly with no public input whatsoever no buffer at all They've completely gone off the ranch as far as like it used to be in a plugin that was beta that you could use or not. Now it's just, God damn it, let's do it. And WooCommerce is doing the same thing. And if Mullenweg had any sense of how to prevent the things that we're all now fighting against, it would be to put into place a system. We're in a public way, not in a GitHub way. I am. Um, I mean, There's a buffer.
0: I've got to be honest with you, I knew Matt had gone off the ranch with that interview with Harris in South, in South Antarctica where they were talking to the King Penguins. Uh, um, I, I, knew, I knew things were going to go to. Well, it's when you're having... The, um, but there we go. Uh, that, I came to that conclusion. Uh, um, I mean, um, K- K-
4: Katie said, like, templates, okay? Why did we need to stop calling this stuff templates in the first place? We, we've used templates for 18 years, and they decided we don't need to make custom templates or child themes. Okay, awesome. Finally, Gutenberg has enough stuff, and there's a bunch of things. Can we call it a template page? Yeah. And why does it need to be called patterns? Oh, now it's not patterns. Now it's you know reusable blocks and patterns. No, now it's reusable block patterns. I mean tomorrow it'll be blinkity blank bubble. I wait
0: Who with bite. I wait for bait if ref where the next title is gonna be for next
2: month's title. I mean if if we're all this confused, imagine what a normal person just wanting to build a website is thinking. <laughs>
4: I on mean on. the end the end solution is like I, I suggest there's two sides. Tinker side and WAAS solution side. And what everybody in my category is going for is we're just saying, let's take a stack of our stuff and deliver it as a full solution. And we'll call it what we want. We won't expose the clients to it even being WordPress because they don't care. They just want the outcome. Just like if you went to Wix or Weebly or Shopify, nobody goes and complains to Wix and Weebly. Why aren't you changing things constantly? There's a feature request you know, wishboard But you don't, like, set your clock by that. You just, you know, get on with your day. What's there?
0: Right, panel, hopefully you can stay on for the last story. I'm just going to – I want to discuss this last one, and we'll drop the other two because we'll be here all day. And you've got other things to do, great panel. So if you're all right with that, I have to crank
4: up the generator.
0: Yeah, you're all right with that, Kurt. I want to go on to the next story. I had Um, a great
3: metaphor for panels, but I'll let you go, Jonathan. Right.
0: So – a great interview with Seth Gordon. Seth Gordon is one of um, always interesting, don't agree with everything he says, but um, he's an individual that's influenced me, and he had a great interview about his new book and um, and his new Quazon Manifesto. So, Kurt, what did you think of this interview? Um, what What were some of the key things? How did it generally hit you, and was there any key things you got from the interview?
3: I actually enjoyed what Seth brought to the interview, and I enjoyed the fact that he um, took a contrarian opinion of his work, and they discussed it and worked through it and justified some of the points that he wanted to make. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good, and I liked that he kept talking about a race to the top and adding humanity back to the tasks that we do. You don't have to love and enjoy, and nothing, not everything has to be your your inner peace work, right? But but you have to add humanity to it and and be productive. I enjoyed that.
0: So, um, Katie, what did you get from it? Because um I was quite um I, I've worked with a couple of large American corporations and they, to say that they are heartless um organizations it's like it's like being inside a big um white shark it's efficient but it has there's no soul in the fin at all uh um, that's what he seemed to be saying that you know it was it was it's totally different kind of interview to the one we discussed at the beginning of the show's Matt, wasn't it in a way what was your own takeaways katie
1: I thought the bits about remote work were interesting, because obviously that's a huge thing in WordPress. It was quite, I don't know, negative in some ways about that, in particular about the companies aren't really giving remote workers the freedom that they might have expected from remote work. For example, it makes a claim that most companies now um, use things like uh, uh, keystroke monitors and other tools to attract uh, people's productivity and so on and i thought i'm not sure how much that applies to remote workers within wordpress because in my experience it's much more relaxed and based on trust um i wonder whether for example that's more common in the little you've got ton-
0: of- you got tons of time on your hands kate to spy on your employees <laughs> haven't you you just <laughs> yeah, get so much yeah, i know on your who's there, doing a good you?
1: job and Yeah, you kind of just know. And in fact, if I need to do that, and even if if I find myself looking at the few tools we have, there's a problem with that employee actually because I should just know from their performance Um, so when I find myself doing that I'm almost realizing the end is in sight because my vast majority of my team members don't need that and um, it might be because professional level jobs you have that level of trust whereas maybe more lower level jobs um, you don't but It didn't apply to what I know. We did a team survey recently with uh, Team WP um, and it was interesting seeing what our team members came back with and they talked about how much they value their flexibility and freedoms and being left to do their job, one person said. And so I thought it was interesting to see sweeping generalizations about most companies and micromanaging and monitoring their remote workers, because I don't think that's true in WordPress.
0: So, Brian, you know, some of his books have influenced me, like The Purple Cow and a couple of his other books um, have, have influenced me a bit. Um, original thinker, Um, he seems to be suggesting if you try and compete on price, it's just a downward spiral. And um, he really, see, um, it's a bit like Katie hopefully would um, relate to this. So, Katie, when when people ask, I'm a hard one politically to pin down. Um, I say to people I'm a Christian socialist and then they always, in America, they always think I'm a communist, Katie, because uh, um, uh, um, they don't know what a Christian socialist is. Uh, um, so, uh, um, so what was your key things, Brian? It, it, was int- it seemed to be all over the place, didn't it, in a way? Well, it?
2: I, I kind of um, focused on the remote thing too just because um, I always find the remote he talks about that interesting um but i found it strange as well that um i think in this quote he said somewhere humans aren't a resource they are the point yeah and so i i found it interesting too because uh i used to work first job out of college i went to a cubicle corporation and i worked there for a year and i was like nope not happening <laughs> not doing this dressing up thing in the morning going to the cubicle and um, I was doing IT work at the time and it was like a hundred people company. I was the one IT guy. So I was running around all day around dressed up in my tie and it was just the most, it's the worst job I've ever had in my whole life. And I was like, okay, I got to get out of this. And so going out of that, I finally branched into, you know, WordPress and remote work. And ever since I went into um, remote work and WordPress space, I've gotten that feeling that humans are the point, so it's almost kind of the reverse feeling for me, um but I do agree that like in the in the corporation type of structures that I mean I just felt like I was a cog in the wheel, like and I didn't feel like I mattered at all, and so um i I do agree with him like humans should be the point of all of this um, and we should get kind of back to. I guess I think he was focused on like kind of going exactly. back to where he started.
0: It, it was a strange, um, it was a strange concoction in style, really, Brian. It had, I agreed with some things, but you had the elements of romanticism about it. Uh, um, I know that's a strange word to utilize, romanticism, but it, it had elements. It just had a tinge. Can you see where I'm coming from, Brian?
2: I cannot on that one. <laughs> All right, there we go. That's my dyslexic <laughs> oh, mind. There I go. agree with you. It was kind of a. It was a. He jumped over some places, and I think almost uh, um, contradicted himself. He he played both sides. I feel like a little bit in the article. Yeah. I felt like so. That's what maybe that's what you're getting to.
0: So Spencer, so you've got any idea why I use the word romanticism? You feel,
4: I feel like I'm watching top gear or listening to Jeremy Clark talk about like an old Bentley or something like you're going very British on me. Um, The thing about Seth Godin, I've been a fan of his since forever. And his famous, well, one of his claims to fame is he publishes a very simple, like one or two paragraphs every day, right, of a marketing technique. But the, the thing that carries historically through all he said, which is true about remote work, is that Human beings are ultimately deciding things to buy or not buy, and not for the reasons that some people believe. What the COVID and the remote work has clarified, and that's why it's so controversial, is that the Industrial Revolution created human beings, human workers, as a a cog in a larger wheel that could be controlled internally. And once the secret was out that they could do more from their own devices, on their own schedule, living in their own homes with their own kids, their own families. The middle management freaked the F out and the CEOs realized that they cannot give directions to the middle managers that make things look good, bad, because it's harder to fire people based upon performance when they're working remotely because the facts are the facts. And that's what we're dealing with right now. We saw all the large tech corporations about six months ago let go tens of thousands of workers for no other reason than to bump the share price. Hmm. And yet they're still enormously profitable based on reasons that have nothing to do with people coming into the office. Because Mark Benioff is as much as bribing people with ten dollar charity if you'll just show up a day at the office like how sad is that that the company is infinitely profitable and he's having to beg you please come into the office so i can justify this tower that i bought <laughs> with all the vacant rooms
0: what about and, uh, the apple headquarters there's
2: nobody there, the,
4: there? Bo- the, the bottom line is working in a factory was a a mechanical necessity. No longer is that a necessity, but all the investment structure, the middle management layers, the CEOs moving pieces around the chessboard through them, that lie has to end. And it's painful for the people that have been taking advantage of it. But here's the best part. Now that the cycle has changed and that there is such a tight labor market for people who can choose what life they want, most of us I've had to do this since 2006 because life, you know, happened to me that way. But most people realize like I don't have to put a wool suit on, I don't have to get on the train, I don't have to be sitting in a room with people telling me what to. They'll never ever ever go back to it because the amount of time I work for how much I keep is so Incredibly more leverage from working at home than it would ever be by the time you factor all those costs and hassles and control issues. And nobody is going to forget that anymore. Never, ever, never.
0: The only, only thing it, it might affect is that I've heard, you know, from Jason Kennecars and he's... This week in Star, he, he, he's so, disappointed he,
4: me as well because he's who you're referring to. We both. Well, he's like made he's
0: arguments that it affects juniors, junior um, younger people because they miss out on the mentorship and um nonsense. and the, But I think that's overplayed. You don't buy into you, it. Here's you. why it's
4: nonsense. We're having a show. We've been this is show nine hundred ninety five. Well, it feels that way. It's so quiet, but it feels we're, that We're lie. all we're we're all over the world. I spend six to eight hours a day talking to people all over the world about everything about life, business, whatever. Where am I lacking any chances for mentorship? You mean because there's a boss not watching my head in a cubicle? I have a girlfriend who works for a major technology company. Her boss is is out of her mind. Makes her show up to the office where nobody is at <laughs> three days a week, and she sits by herself in her cubicle. With Aww. nothing to do, just, I'm just saying, just so this middle manager person can say that she's done something about it, and that's the problem because there's no lack of mentorship. And Jason us. by the way, I knew him back in the day from the TechCrunch days when I was in the in the Ning space and in the, in the the Silicon Valley. He flipped so fast as soon as that Silicon bank thing went down and he's running for the hills because every one of the things that he's been talking about since Molly left that show, every one of them is shit the bed. All of his things like do this. Oh, shit the bed. Do that. Shit (laughs) the bed. Do this. Shit the bed. They're out of ideas. And all of these companies that took the big money that have these huge, tall infrastructures of buildings and investments don't know what to do with themselves. And the ones that are winning are the lean, mean, entrepreneurial, Mm -hmm. remote worker ones, and they can't control it, and that's what freaks them out.
0: Well, it's been a fabulous show, actually. Um, Thanks, panel. So, um, Katie, I'm going to let. What's the best best way for people to find out more about you and your thoughts? And and also, Kate, can you do us a quick favour? Can you say um, you're bonkers? I just I just wanted to say that in your English accent. Are you bonkers, mate? you're bonkers oh, thank you kate i don't like know. so <laughs> kate what's the best way what's the best way for people to find out more about you um
1: so for the company it's our website barn2.com for my thoughts individually it's katie keith barn2 on twitter
0: you have to come back, Tater. You've done a fabulous job. Uh, Sounds some good. Great insights. insights, Brian, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and your life in the bird in hell that is Phoenix?
2: <laughs> it is hot over here. Um, probably our agency site, just forgemedia.io, and then I'm on Twitter um, at Brian Lee Jackson.
0: And Kurt, what's the best way to find – you're leading off,
3: I hear, of LinkedIn, and you're going more Twitter. Is that correct? Okay. I didn't say leaning off and more of. I just, I'm really heavy on LinkedIn because, what is it, Jonathan? That's right. I'm the only Kurt Von Annen on LinkedIn. So if you find me, you know you got me. And Any then uh, person on
1: LinkedIn? <laughs> LinkedIn's tight. I love LinkedIn.
3: <laughs> so I'm on LinkedIn. And then, of course, anything manana no mas is me online. Right. And Spencer, what, what, what's the new
0: you know, there must be some new product. Well where, like, you, you and know, I
4: have you and I have launched the new uh, website, Shag at the I should I should do that actually. Shop that people. was your moniker until yeah, it recently. was, was very, yeah.
0: I've, but I've, calmed,
4: I've calmed myself down. I did listen to you, you've, you've you've come to the new more mature version. Uh mm-hmm. WPlaunchify.com, but on Twitter and social Spencer Foreman, no Ian Foreman. And I will be there antagonizing everyone and anyone who doesn't speak the the same truth that they live every day. Because to me, that's the highest attribute or value of a person is to you have one name and one reputation. So be who you are, love you or hate you, but be authentic. Don't be a duplicitous person with A One type of voice in public and another type of attitude in private.
0: All right, less of that. All right, so thanks, panel. It's been a fabulous show. I've really enjoyed the discussion. It's been widespread, but I thought we had some great joint insights. We will be back next week for our normal interview show or the last Thursday of every month we do this roundtable show as well, which is a blast. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind Facebook group and also to keep up with the latest
1: news, click wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.